should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Welcome to the Web Podcast, an intersection of health and art. We will talk about creation, motivation, inspiration, basically what it means to be human and what connects us all. We are entangled in this energetic web, communicating and moving. Now is a great time to sit back, relax, light a candle or grab a cup of tea, and take this time to enrich your mind. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Thank you for listening. For our third episode of the web podcast, we are joined with Marissa Marlis. Marissa has built a career around empowering people to be their best selves. She is a fitness and wellness instructor, a nurse, and all around badass. <laughs> Marissa, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me here. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and a little bit about me. Um, so I live in New York City. And I'm originally from Connecticut, and I got here um, the long way. I, I was a professional dancer, and after college, I went on, um, I lived in the South, and then I was on a world cruise, worked at a casino as a showgirl, and then landed in New York for an opportunity for a Broadway show. And I've actually been in New York for the past 20 years. And, um, and this spring, actually, in a couple months, will be my New York City 20-year anniversary. And in the time that I've been crazy, right? Um, in the time that I've been here, I, um, you know, I started, I came here to be a dancer. I was not one of those, I always want to live in New York. I really just wanted to dance and um, decided to put up with the hassles of the city because of it and thought it was temporary. And then 20 years later, here I am. And I, uh, I've in college, I got my nursing degree and I minored in dance. So while I was pursuing dance, I always had my, um, my nursing degree on the side. I worked for a year full time just to get that experience under my belt. And then I've worked per diem as a nurse on and off ever since, um, mostly on, except for when I was like out of town for a show or I had some dance injuries and had to be out for a bit. Um, and then I, I always loved fitness and wanted to get into the fitness industry. I was totally inspired by Jane Fonda and Cindy Crawford back in the 80s and 90s. We'd do those workouts with my mom and in high school and in college. And um, I, you know, I had these aspirations to have my own workout videos and clothing line and all this. And as life does, it sends you in different directions. And I ended up being um, a fitness model and being in other people's fitness videos um, because I was a little more passionate about pursuing my dance career that worked out a little better than I thought it was going to initially. And um, then I actually was a fit model for Capizio for years. And so I got to kind of live out my dancewear design dreams in that way. And that's what led me, um, you know, while I was pursuing dance into working myself in fitness and wellness as an instructor, I had some pretty severe injuries from dance, um, one from an accident, a fall, and then some other injuries that ensued after that surgeries that didn't go as planned and um, found a lot of healing through body art functional training and the melt method, which are the two things that I teach most now. I also do some bar classes because it still keeps that side of me as a dancer um, in the studio teaching. And, um, you know, you asked me about to talk about some things that have gone on in the last year or so. I, um, you know, because of my injuries, um, I'm married. I have a husband who's amazing. And um, he and I got married um, in my um, mid, late 30s. And um, we, because of my injuries, we kind of put off trying to get pregnant because I wanted to be 100% healthy. And so I got, it took a little bit to get pregnant. Um, and we got pregnant. Um, with IUI and which is different from IVF, it's a whole other subject. But um, and after trying for a couple of years and um, after a totally healthy pregnancy, I um, I had a stillbirth at 40 weeks and the baby had no heartbeat in the delivery room and it was like the biggest devastation of my life. Um, I've always wanted to be a mom and. Then um, two weeks later, as we're grieving, um, I went for my first like long-ish walk after 
um, after giving birth and a huge lump showed up on my inner thigh and it turned out to be a cancerous tumor. So in the course of two, four weeks, basically I was, um, we lost our baby and I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer in my, in my thigh. Um, very fortunate that it did not spread um, and they were able to do chemo and take the tumor out, um, right. which that surgery was four months ago now and the chemo ended five months ago almost four months and almost five months ago, but I'm still in major recovery from that. So it's been a time. Um, and I, you know, I, I haven't been able to go back to work yet. I've taught a few classes here and there with the help of some dear friends and other mountain instructors assisting for me. Um, I own a retreat company and we've done a couple of virtual retreats in that time. And that's really kept my spirits up to see our community, even though I feel like I'm a little out of it in, in this like bubble of recovery in a pandemic on top of everything. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now and long and short of things. And yeah. And I got to see you on my roof tech um, in the middle of it all. So, which was such a treat. We had a socially distanced gathering in the open air above New York City. So that was a treat. <laughs> oh, that was so nice. I loved seeing you. And what a journey. I mean, coming to New York with huge dreams and aspirations and, and like seeing the shift and it's almost like you became Jane Fonda. <laughs> my own little, in my own little special way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I can really relate to you in the sense of um, being injured and then finding healing through movement and like functional movement. Because I, I think when you grow up as a dancer, that's like such a huge part of your soul and your spirit. And I mean, like just being able to to find like health and well-being and you know kind of something to hold on to to move forward through that. It's like your injury isn't the end all be all. Like you can still find find a way to to move forward. And have you been do you think you've been able to find find that um throughout like like after being diagnosed with cancer? Like have you been able to move or yeah, that's been one of the biggest challenges, actually, because I can't move like I once did. Um, the One of the biggest fears I had with the tumor where it was, was that if they, you know, sometimes people with these tumors have to have their leg amputated or have to have, like, it majorly affects them. And I'm glad that didn't happen to you. Oh my gosh, I... I'm just so grateful every day for that. And I need to cling to that gratitude even more than I have because it's been hard lately. And, you know, but I have to remember that because, oh my goodness. Um, but I, luckily, I mean, I didn't know that I'd be able to walk out of the hospital um, after my surgery. I thought I'd be on crutches and they were like, no, we want you walking right away. So I thought that I was going to be able to, they told me, oh, within four to six weeks, you're, it's, you're going to be pretty well recovered. And then, you know, you'll start PT from there. And unfortunately the recovery has been like almost twice as long as that so far. I had a drain in my leg until 10 weeks um, post-op. And then I've had fluid accumulating in my leg where the hole is from where the tumor was because my leg's not that big and my tumor was pretty big. So, um, you know, doctors oftentimes don't account for, um, individual recovery time. They kind of look at like, oh, what's the average of all these different people that have all these different circumstances. And so for me, I thought I'd be moving more by now, but what I've been doing is, cause movement absolutely fuels my soul. And I think that's why, you know, I like that you brought this up because that's why um, I think I've been so extra challenged lately. Of course, everything I've gone through is challenging and, and, just heart aching and wrecking and all the things. But I think because I haven't been able to move like I normally can, like that's usually an escape for me and I haven't been able to do that. So what I have been trying to do is body art functional training is, has a lot of yoga inspired movements, a lot of flow, a lot of just opening and chest heart opening, releasing all movement based on the breath, very similar to yoga. So in the mornings after I, I have a little morning routine that I've, I've built for myself um, to keep myself sane because when you don't have a normal schedule or you know somewhere to be after you have for so many years, it's, it can be a little maddening. 
Um, so I add this like upper body morning movement to my routine and that really just even, it's not even five minutes, but it's, it's enough to feed my soul just a little bit and help me along with this. And I've been getting down on the floor and doing push-ups um, on my knees. Um, and that's my new little step in the right direction and some planks. I, I can actually hold myself up with some planks now. So that's been, but I just want to dance. I just want to like move freely. And that's where the yoga body or upper body movement that I do in the morning. I sit on, we've got this Pilates chair in our apartment that my husband actually ordered. He, he loves Pilates um, even more than I do. And it's something I teach. Um, so, uh, so I sit on his Pilates chair and I do my upper body movements. Um, so yeah, so to answer your question, it's, I've been trying, but I think that's, it's, it's what's missing in its entirety in the way I'm used to moving. That's been really hard on me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, I mean, along with that, um, how, like, how has it been processing the death of Shira? Yes. So we named our daughter Shira. Mm-hmm. That was her nickname while I was pregnant for Shira, Princess of Power, because she was a little badass. Um, mm-hmm. And she, it's been, it's been so difficult. And, you know, we don't, it's, it's uncanny how these two events happen so close to each other. So there's a lot of speculation of, you know, me going full term and giving birth, um, vaginally maybe brought out the cancer and brought it to the surface and allowed us to see it. So it's been a lot of me really digging deep into my soul and into my spirit and into my heart and processing like a lot of people have alluded and it feels like she might've saved my life. So it's processing a death of that seems so unnatural. You know, we're not meant to, our children aren't meant to die and before us and what seems like the world's natural order. Um, And then, you know, feeling like this might've been for a very specific reason. Um, And so many people that I love and trust in my life that have opened up to have shared this with me separately. Um, And that's the feeling they've gotten and including my doctor actually. And so it's been, you know, she's like, of course we don't know. She's like, but, it's, it's been really, it's been really challenging. And each month I write her, um, I have a journal um, that I write to her every month on her birthday. So I just wrote her eight month letter to her. And, you know, it's just so amazing how much you can feel connected to and miss a soul that never actually walked on the earth, even though she walked I walked with her in my belly. Um, it's, it's really been um, interesting. And it's really brought my husband and I a lot closer. Um, and it's, it's definitely challenge, challenging for us in different ways at times. And um, she, she was our first child. So that makes it even more difficult. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for, for sharing all of this. I, I can't even imagine you know, the, the feeling, um, but what I, what I sense from you and kind of what I felt throughout this whole journey. And even before, like, just since I've met you is that you are this like gem of resilience. Like no matter what happens, you, you carry on and, and carry on in a way that not only is like positive for yourself, but it spreads positivity for others. And so I'm curious, what does resilience mean to you? Um, Resilience means to, I think there's something in ourselves that, um, that is there at its core. Um, This is for me personally, and based on what I've been going through recently, um, I was really strong before. And I think I sometimes took that for granted. Um, I because I just always was. And I had been through a lot of, um, I've been through a lot of uh, challenges with my health over the years, orthopedic wise, having my dance career taken away from me at times. And it's at that point in life, it was like something I could just get over, get through, and then get on the other side and leave it behind me. 
and use that circumstance to propel me forward. And really like it was one of those things that I didn't have to carry with me forever. Even though I had back surgery, yes, I have like little screws in my spine. Yes, that'll always be with me. But in my mind, I did not need to live in that or hang on to that. This whole thing has been different. This is not something that you get over, you get through. But it doesn't mean that you still can't live with hope and positivity and and positive perspective um, and look at the world as you know still a happy place to live in with people amazing people around me and and with gratitude and I think resilience has changed in my mind um, in the last uh, you know year especially it's it's having a positive perspective and being real and just being where you're at, but not living in the, the murk and the muck and the valley um, as you go forward um, in spite of what's happened, because this feels different. This feels like this isn't something that this is, you know, from anybody else I've talked to who's lost a child. Like it doesn't get easier, it just gets different. And it just becomes something that becomes more bearable to think about to live with um but it will always be there you know every mom and dad who, who i've talked to has lost a baby they said you know there's not a day that i don't wake up that i don't think about that child um but it doesn't mean that you still can't live life to the fullest even though these things have happened to you um and i'm not quite there in terms of like I'm still very heavily in the grief process, um, which I, I've never experienced grief like this. Um, so, and we don't know what our fertility journey is gonna be going forward. So, um, so there's just a lot of big questions. I almost hesitated to do this interview with you at this time because I feel like I'm in the middle of the story, but it doesn't mean, I, but then I kind of pushed myself too because I was like, we are where we are. Like, I think what I'm, I love about what you're doing and the things you're asking in these interviews is you want to see the realness of wellness and what that means when things aren't all like Instagram perfect and, you know, um, being on social media right now is really hard for me because I just, you know, they, they it, it's creepy and they, they know the things you've been looking at for the past year. So everywhere I look, it's like moms and babies and pregnancy and positive pregnancy tests and newborns and like everything looks perfect and it's just insane and i'm in an infant loss support group thankfully um that has reminded me that there are so many other people going through this too and i hate that we're all in that club but the fact that we're there at least we have each other um means so much because even if i pick up one little nugget each time from somebody else in the group of how they're dealing with things or how they're processing or the things they're doing to um, keep themselves in a positive headspace. Um, because also I don't think our daughter would want us to be forever sad and forever in this, in a depressed state. So that also helps me to yeah. Yeah. and resilient about things. I agree with that. I mean, if she's anything like you, then she definitely <laughs> wouldn't want you to be like that. And, you know, I, lo I love what you said about just like, you know, knowing that resilience isn't always the outcome of a tough event. Like it, it's not, it, it's, n I think we focus so much on resilience as just like, you know, feeling great after something terrible happened, but you can't get to that feeling, even if that feeling exists, w without, you know, going through the mud and like experiencing the the tough parts. Um, and so, yeah, I think just the the fact that you are so willing to be real and that, and that that's a part of your definition of resilience, I think, is just like so important because you can be positive and real at the same time yeah i think also um you know society sometimes tells us that just because we're not in like a positive place quote unquote that um 
that we're not resilient or we're not in a good, we're, you know, we're weak or we tell ourselves this. And the reality is, is that it's, I think it shows more strength to just be where you're at and then move on from there. And rather than, you know, you're at, you're in the pit, you're just having a rough time and you're trying to tell yourself you're not, so you're using energy reserves to fake it that you need to actually pull yourself up from the muck. And that's just kind of an exercise in futility, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, and I think also like, you know, society does tell us that like, in order to be resilient, you need to be positive. And so like, I think oftentimes we can avoid or ignore what's really happening and instead of processing it and moving forward from it, just like ignoring and faking, which mm-hmm. in, in my experience has just like repressed the hard emotions further and further down. So then like later they just kind of burst out and it's like, well, surprise, like here's this like previous trauma that you haven't dealt with, but like now here it is in full force. <laughs> Completely. I totally agree. Um, it's interesting. I had something come up in the last couple of weeks that um, I think is really relevant to this. A lot of people have been calling me a warrior through this process, especially through the cancer journey. And in the last month, it's really started to like bother me because I don't feel like a warrior. And, I'm, and I picture warrior to be like this fighting mode. And so, the, and this is just my idea, like in where I was at. And I had a friend come over and we were talking about it and she was just like, no, like you were in like peaceful mode. Like, don't worry about this warrior thing. Like she was just kind of affirming where I was at. And I was like, yeah, I I just, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm tired. I just want to like, you know, after treatment, a lot of times they say is the hardest time when you're going through a cancer journey. Um, because you don't have that daily, like, okay, I have to get my adrenaline up. I'm going to go to chemo. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go get this shot. I'm going to have this appointment. And now I'm done. And um, I'm just cleaning up the carnage of what it's all done to my body. And then it's a double whammy because I've got to sit with the death of our daughter now, which I dealt with as much as I could while I was going through the cancer journey, but there's only so much you can do at once. Um, And so anyway, I kind of laid the warrior idea to rest. And I, a friend of mine who's, who um, has been cancer-free now for a year, she and I have been talking and she was like, and I told her I was feeling about the warrior thing. And I'm like, I just don't want that in my vernacular. I don't want that in my, you know, and she's like, she took a couple of beats and was like, okay, like, I think we need to reframe warrior. I think warrior for you and hearing this from people, because you know, these people are well-intended, you know, that this is something that they're trying to empower you with. I think warrior for you right now is the strength to get up every day and that's it. And then maybe beyond that, it's the strength to make yourself healthy food. It's the strength to turn on the TV and watch a show that makes you laugh because you want to do something that's joyful because you're a happy person. It's just that strength to do the basic everyday thing, not, you know, start a podcast or start writing a book or all the things that people want me to do in this time. And I'm just like, ah, I'm just, I want to hide under a blanket because my whole life I've been super hyper motivated and I feel so depleted that if I don't give myself time to recover and, you know, I've had these delayed healing issues in my leg. And I think in hindsight, maybe I'll look back and be like, maybe that happened on purpose because I needed extra time to rest. Um, Because this is no, I mean, the fact that these two things happened at once, is like the most cruel, unusual, strange thing. And to not, I mean, I have the time to recover, um, you know, we had an amazing generous GoFundMe. It's allowed me to not have to go back to work or try to find a job that's not on my feet. I can't even sit right now for very long without my legs swelling. So I really just need to embrace this time. And what she said about being a warrior is accepting that this is where I'm at and, and driving with that rather than fighting it and letting the impatience depressed me. So I really liked that. And I think that she put a new spin on resilience because I tend to be really hard on myself as 
a lot of us in the wellness field are, um, ironically. So, and that brings on about a whole other subject of being, you know, being gentle with yourself. I think that allows us to be resilient when we're not so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, and yeah, I think it can be really, really challenging and take a lot of strength to give yourself the permission to rest, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, being a wellness practitioner in New York city where you're like, Ooh, I'm not productive unless I'm moving and hustling and doing all this stuff. Plus, like, that's how life has been for the past, what, 20 plus years. So like, you know, giving yourself the time to just rest because that's what your body needs like that takes strength like that like you even said like a restful warrior you know it's that's like what happens like after after a battle you you can't just keep going and going and going you can't fight forever you have to rest in order to like in order to charge your your own reserves so i think that's a really beautiful perspective and yeah like for me it just like it brought up imagery like and and kind of brings a story to resilience as well i just as you're saying that i pictured this superwoman on the the you know the newer superwoman movies and they're in that beautiful environment and i just picture her after her battles going back and resting in like in a cave or in a castle or anywhere it doesn't matter like any of it serves its purpose like you know, I, it doesn't matter where you rest or how you rest, like just do it when you need to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this, especially if you're like fighting, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like the, if you're, if you're like, if you're going through a challenging time or like really using a lot of your energy, like you need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like babies, rest sleep like how many hours a day like and i'm in major cell regeneration mode which is you know babies are always multiplying cells it's the same idea like and it's so hard for me sometimes to like accept that because i'm like no i was about to be a mom i was about to take care of somebody i i my job is to take care of other people in almost every aspect of my career um why no this makes me less than to to not be able to do. And that's something I've really had to reframe for myself. And there is strength in, in, um, in that restful time. And I've been so surprised at how much people are telling me and writing to me all the time saying I'm inspiring them. Every time I get a message, I'm always like, really? Because it's just instinctually not how I've inspired people in the past, like by essentially almost doing nothing. Um, and it, at least it feels like nothing to me. I'm just you know, getting through each day and trying to survive and do more than survive, actually like enjoy the company of friends, whether it's on Zoom because we're in a pandemic or, you know, we have a little bubble of people who have been safe that we, you know, visit with on our roof deck with masks or, you know, we'll come to our apartment with the windows open, we'll sit on the opposite sides of the room, (laughs) you know, in masks and, um, it's yeah just engaging and you know not uh, you know i talked to another friend who was like the fact that you're not like holed up in your room for the year and just not even you know getting out of your clothes is amazing and i just was like i never thought that 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 was an option so i was like oh okay you know maybe i am accomplishing something and getting up and just doing this every day doing life the best I can right now. Yeah. And it's, I really think just being is enough. Mm-hmm. Just being here, being yourself, like being is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like society does put a ton of pressure on us and it's really like, like capitalist society, right? It's like they want us to work and work to, to make money, to keep the wheels spinning and, and whatnot. But like without that it's like well then what like what what happens when you can't do that you know and I I think that that's a really important concept to think about Mm -hmm. I'm sure it sucks that when you're like forced to think about it but yeah 
but I really do believe that just being is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, you know, we had, we hosted a virtual, I own a retreat company with my business partner, Becca Pace and that. Shout out Becca Pace. Pace. And I worked at Lifetime with in New York city, um, before the pandemic. And, um, you know, last week teaching, we had, people were so great. I mean, I sat here in a chair and a friend of mine, I spotlighted the screen and a friend of mine demoed the class for me. And all I did was sit here and talk. And after the weekend, I just, so many people reached out and were like, it's so great to have you back, even teaching this little bit. And that's what made me decide I was going to teach starting tomorrow, two classes a week. And um, I have I have four people who have reached out and offered to demo for me. So I literally can sit in this reclining rocking chair that we have that I actually got for our baby um, and teach melt and feel like my cup is just so filled up in just 75 minutes. Um, and I think, you know, the reason why I bring that up, is it's like sometimes less is more. And sometimes we don't have to make this grand effort and, you know, take a subway all the way downtown and then a bus across 42nd street through that wind tunnel we had to take to get to this, <laughs> the gym to teach. And we can still have the this worst, worst. <laughs> or walking with like, you know, a, a sleeping bag slash puffer coat to get there in a wind or tunnel. Running. <laughs> running because the subway was late or the bus didn't come. Like, you just sit in our living room and still have an impact, you know, just by doing a little bit. And yeah, so it's been a really good lesson for me. Um, and, you know, I advertised my class a week ago or not even a week ago. Um, and I, uh, you know, I already have 15 people signed up for tomorrow. And I just am really, just really grateful to have a community. And I think, the other thing that's helped me be um, more resilient than I would be on my own in this time is just the connection of other people. Um, I would say I'm an introvert slash extrovert. Like I, I feed so much off of like social interaction and being around people, but then I also equally value my time to myself and I like to be alone. Um, and I love to read and just kind of spend some time on my own, but it's that, the people in my life that have reached out and that have made the gesture of like getting themselves over to the Upper West Side and spending time with me or making time on Zoom or a phone call that has really helped me pull me out of the muck too and help me be resilient, keep a positive perspective, um, know that I'm loved. And I think sometimes the, the tendency when we're going through a hard time is to retreat and pull away from people. And I do think it's important to protect our energy from people we know who might not be healthy for us. But when you establish the people who are entrusting your gut on that, um, I think it just does such wonders in terms of uplifting your spirit and keeping you in a resilient place. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I love the, the quote, or I guess the saying that like self-care is community care, but then mm -hmm. it's also the reverse that community care is self-care too. Yeah. Like feeling, you know, ha having connections, even if it's just like through the phone or through a zoom call, like through with other people, it, it's, it reminds you that you're not alone. Yeah, completely. And I think for most humans, that's, so important to know you're not alone no matter what you're going through or even when things are really good whether people realize it at the time or not i think oftentimes people crave human interaction and humans and community support like you said yeah awesome and i know we kind of touched on this next question but i'll ask it again just just so we can talk more about it um but how, how do you think resilience has shaped you as a human? Oh my gosh. I'm so much stronger than I ever thought I could be. Because if you told me, if you told me 20 years ago that I came, when I came to New York, that I was even going to go through all the injuries and all the hardships that I did with my career and my physical health, like I would have told you, no way, uh, uh, I'm not going to make it through that. Like you're crazy. And then now this, I, I really think it's 
changed me so much as a person. And I think a lot of it, and this is a word that comes out up a lot right now for a variety of reasons in our society, but I think I lost my entitlement. And I think, you know, there was a time in my life where I just kind of assumed that like, oh, I'll have a child, it'll be healthy. And I'm not gonna get cancer because I live a really healthy lifestyle and I eat really well and I do all things to, you know, take care of my body. I wasn't one of those fitness people who like overuse my body. And like, I definitely had a nice balance of, you know, self-care and working out. Um, I think I could have given myself more time to myself than I did. I've learned that for sure. But I really think that um, I'm a, I'm definitely a different person on the other side of this. And I don't take things for granted. Um, and I think maybe I didn't think I did before, but I think maybe I did. And now I can see that a little more clearly than before. And also through this, um, the political climate of the last year, the Black Lives Matter movement, just realizing um, how much, like the entitlement again, like just because I have seemingly done the right things. You know, I educated myself, I worked hard. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed for everything to go as you want it to. And I think just letting things go a little bit. Um, the big message for me that I've been getting the last couple of weeks has been surrender and just not hanging on so tightly and overanalyzing like, or trying to control things so much, you know, I think it's still important to do things that are good for your health, but then do them and just like, and then let go. Cause there's only so much you can do. Oh. Can you teach me how you do that? <laughs> I'm myself, girl. <laughs> it's so hard. It's, it so hard. it's so much, it's so much easier said than done, but I feel like when you, can do it at least you know at least like once or twice just with like something you know even something very small like it makes a huge difference just to mm -hmm. let go of the outcome or the expectation of something yeah and the one thing i'm noticing that has been super helpful for me is i'm not a morning person so when i was running around teaching and doing everything like i didn't have a very strong morning routine i would get up as late as i possibly could and still get myself in a in the shower and out the door looking somewhat presentable and on my way and fed. But now like, and I want to carry this into when I am back out into the world a little bit more once the pandemic is wound down, hopefully sooner than later. Um, and like really starting anew every day, making some time in the morning to like wake up, take a breath. I mean, what I do now is I drink some lemon water just to, you know, start to detox my system from whatever it needs to be detoxed from and um, take some time to either journal or meditate or just take some time for myself to sort of set myself up emotionally and spiritually before the rush of the day rolls in, the chaos of the day. Um, because I'm just noticing like if my cup isn't full and I'm not strong and settled, then all of those control, the control, the, the fear, the overanalyzing, the, the opposite of surrender all starts to happen. And I start to grip and grasp onto things. And, um, and I don't need to, we don't need to, all we need to do is do our part and stay in a, in a, a positive headspace and we can kind of tack, tackle whatever we need to tackle um, or handle whatever gets thrown our way. Um, one thing that's really big, you know, in the wellness world now is like adaptogens, you know, drinking, eating adaptogenic foods or herbs or whatever drinks. Um, and it's because we need to be resilient. We want to be resilient. We want to be able to handle whatever's thrown at us. And our, we want to have the ability to adapt whatever comes up. And I'm noticing if we don't rest, we don't take that time for ourselves. If we don't for me, have that renewal every morning, then we're starting the day and going at the world with like, you know, less than a half a tank full and we're, chances are we might run out of gas and then start to spin out and then the tires blow or the engine blows or whatever, you know, 
said, whatever metaphor you want to use um, or analogy you want to use, but it's, um, yeah, I'm noticing that's a big thing for me. The more I renew each morning, the better off I am during the day. Yes, I love just like hearing you explain that makes me so motivated to do a morning routine. Because <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, you know, I, I think potentially not everybody is, is like that, but, but I do, at least from, from my experience too, if I take even like 10 minutes in the morning to just like be and yeah. just like, I don't know, whether it be journaling or drinking some lemon water or tea or just like sitting with myself and not, like not on my phone, you know? Yeah. Um, it really, like it really charges that battery and like gets your engine going, you know? Yeah. I think the phone thing is a huge deal. Like not, not getting on your phone right away. Like really when taking time for yourself means literally nobody else can reach you during that time. Like, unless there's an emergency, there's no reason to not take at least 10 to 15 minutes for yourself in the morning, um, you know, unless you have small kids. And in that case, my friends who do have small kids, they, they, they wake up at the crack of dawn before their kids do, even if it's for 15 minutes, but it's, uh, it's super important. And I mean, not until like 15 years ago, did we have the ability for people to reach us anywhere at any time. Like when I first moved to New York, I didn't have a cell phone that were, I received emails or text messages. Um, and then before cell phones, I mean, people had to call us when we were at home. <laughs> like, and it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of natural. I mean, we're living in a time where this is, this is our reality, but I think the more we can create boundaries for ourselves, um, with those devices, with that um, communication and accessibility, the more we're going to be available for people when they actually do call and we do have time to talk and we do have to work and that sort of thing. So I think, and you know, as we're talking this, I'm actually talking about this, I'm actually like, I feel like my definition of resilience is growing. It's really to be resilient, like you have to have the energy to build yourself back up. And if you're constantly giving to everybody else and, or um, giving into, you know, fear, worry, or anxiety, then there's very little left in the gas tank to continue to go or to continue to build yourself up or to pull yourself out of a rough situation. Um, recently, I, um, my husband posted this quote, which was about, um, even I'm going to butcher it, but even in the depth of winter, we still have that eternal summer in, in us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a big thing for me lately to remember who I, who I was and who I still am. And yes, I'm going to be a new version of myself on the other side of this, but you know, I, I was bargaining for so long, which is part of the grief process. Like I really was like, I must have done this bad and that bad and that wrong and whatever. And that's why this happened to me. And realizing like, there's a lot of things I was doing well before this and a lot of myself who, that I loved and that was loved by others that is still there and really kind of getting that part of myself back while I'm adding to that and growing into the person that I am now because of these experiences and, um, and how I want to expand and live a, live a slightly different way based on what I've learned. Wow. Yeah, and that just really shows that resiliency is a process of growth and reflection. Mm -hmm. And like seeing, you know, it, you know, they always say like hindsight is twenty twenty. Like now it's like twenty twenty is a triggering word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, but yeah, like just having the opportunity to look back and and, you know, I think we can get so stuck in our heads of like, I did all of this wrong, 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 but like picking up the, the good parts and, and like recognizing the parts that you, of yourself that's already there that you want to take forward and learning from the old self, you know, like just, there's so much that we can teach ourselves just from the experiences that we've had and like taking some time to reflect on them and 
um, and growing from that and, and gaining more and more resilience and kind of like stepping deeper into knowing who you are and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I have been working with a therapist through this time and I had a second therapist who was a specific infant loss therapist. And um, I stopped working with her because the appointments were lining up with when I had chemo or when I was sick or that kind of thing. And I was going to pick up and work again. But then I real I was realizing a lot of the work I want to do and the things I want to do are things I can do on my own. Um, like these own self, my own self-care practices in addition to the therapy I'm already doing. Um, whether that's really committing to doing meditation, if that, is if that's serving me or um doing like breathing exercises reading books that help shape my perspective um i've been given so many amazing books during this time and like sometimes i just don't want to read them but because i'm like oh i don't want to face that yet or i don't want to deal with that yet but like as i get quiet with myself like really listening to what book is going to speak to me. I mean, I'm, I'm just a reader. For some people, it's podcasts. For some people, it's audiobooks or watching movies or whatever the case is. But um, I've learned that maybe I didn't watch enough TV before. Maybe I didn't take enough time for leisure before because a lot of times we find ourselves in the lighthearted, in the things that are actually just enjoyable to us that are like, you know, my husband and I, we have so much fun and he's so great. And, but like, let's dance in the living room more. Even if I can't barely step touch right now, <laughs> like it's okay. I can stand up and shake my butt. Like it's, it's enough, you know, like the, the most minimal movement is, you know, whatever makes you happy. I just making more time for that. So again, it all goes back to helping fuel, recharge your batteries, fuel your tank. Like, so you've got the energy to come back from something when life hits you with whatever it may be, just a stress of the day or a big tragic event like we've gone through. Um, I really don't think I'd be where I am today without the reserves of strength I built before and also without the community mm -hmm. that is surrounding us, so. Yes, yeah, and you you really just kind of nailed nailed one of the questions on the head that I was going to ask in the in the future, um, which was, do you have any health practices or, or rituals that help you connect to resilience? And you know, earlier on we talked about the morning routine and movement, even if it's just like doing a few kneeling push-ups or holding a plank, and and then just kind of like digging into like having a reserve. I think is what what you're getting to. Um, yeah. Because like every day is different and some days you want to wake up and meditate. Sometimes you want to wake up and like shake your body. Yeah. Some days it's just sitting down or drinking that like lemon, but not drink, not drinking lemon, drinking lemon water. Yes. Um, Very different. Um, yes. but yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of different things and, um, you know, I try to make like one, one afternoon or one morning a week where I do something that's really like through, like in my mind, like, I'll, you know, because we're in a pandemic and I've been a little immune compromised, I haven't been able to go get my nails or anything like that done. Um, but I'll like take a longer shower and like do a mask on my face and like use like the pet egg and like, you know, work on my own feet and try to, I've been, <laughs> because I was having issues with pulling my, my knee towards my chest because of the surgery on my leg, I would like only paint one foot of my toenails. <laughs> only paint one one foot um or do my nails or you know just like deep condition what little hair I have that's grown back um and yeah just like stuff like that I would give myself like an afternoon to do that or a morning and or just going out for a walk um was a big thing for me and um I also finding like a lot of people do this but I never I was so bad at watching tv I was so hyper motivated for a time in my life. I didn't have many series that I watched on my own. I would watch stuff with my husband, but I've like gotten my own shows that I watch on my own now, like that really like just make me belly laugh. And I, you might judge me for this, but, um, and some of your listeners might too, but I started watching Heart of Dick Dixie, which is like the most fluffy show, but I was obsessed and I watched like all the seasons and it was like, my husband would come in and be like, I love seeing you this happy. Like you were just, and it was in the middle of chemo. It actually got me through chemotherapy. <laughs> um, 
and I finished it right at the end. And friends of mine worked in some of the cast from the show and they sent me these really sweet videos and it was, it just turned out to be really fun. So I think just anything that is going to take you out of the, the seriousness of the day, out of like, out of work that does not feel joyful, out of those things that just, again, we're just in this capitalistic society, like you mentioned, even when we're in fitness and wellness, even, you know, it's like, it, we're just, this mentality in the States, we're just so driven and it's oftentimes to our demise. So kind of taking ourselves off that hamster wheel and doing something you enjoy that's not destructive to you. <laughs> you snaps, snaps all around. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Okay. Like I used to go take a dance class or I used to go for a run or I used to go work out. And like, it's so hard not being able to do those things. Like that was self-care for me. And now I've just had to reframe it a little bit, but it's, it's not being stubborn about it. It's like kind of like finding other things that feed your soul, like adapting. Yeah. Adapting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. It's like, I feel like I have so many sparks in my mind. Like, what am I going to do today? That like serves me what's my self-care <laughs> I know you love your plants like I've seen the videos of all of your plants like taking care of your plants like you're amazing we need to do <laughs> zoom calls because I've been killing plants not people got me some plants for while I was sick and they're mostly dead so I need to help <laughs> It's, it's hard. I mean, especially right now in Minnesota, like we're just getting out of like two weeks of below zero temperatures and a few of my plants like are this close to dying because they're cold. And I'm like, I can't put a sweater around you and I don't have a grow light. So <laughs> again, it's just like how, I mean, plant, like to me, plants are so resilient too. Mm -hmm. Like I don't understand how some plants can just like stay a put like through the winter time and like even just like in indoors when it gets so cold and like they get neglected or something like it they, they truck on <laughs> describe the feeling of resilience in one word exhilarating i love that that came out of left field i did not plan that <laughs> <laughs> That came right from, right from, right from here, right from my heart. <laughs> Perfect. That's amazing. Oh, exhilarating. Amazing. And so with that, what are, what are some like reminders or mantras that you give yourself when you're feeling down? Like what, what do you speak to yourself that might make you feel a little more exhilarating in the moment? Um, this is a moment in time. It's not going to last forever. And that one has been hard for me because that was always my mantra before this last year. And unfortunately, the reality of our daughter being gone and, um, you know, the cancer has a slightly different meaning with that. But like the situation that I'm in today will not last forever. So this is a moment in time and how awful I feel potentially that day is a moment in time um, that I am whole and my body as well. Mm -hmm. That not, sometimes I, I tend to say like I'm healing, but I, I'm really trying to shift towards I'm healed. Mm -hmm. Like talking into the place where I know my body can be. Um, and I've been having a hard time sleeping lately um, or waking up and I used to sleep, like people used to joke that it was my spiritual gift that I could just sleep anywhere, anytime for as long as I wanted to. And, um, for me, it's like getting myself back in the moment. Like my head is on the pillow and breathing. My head is on the pillow. I'm breathing. I don't need to do anything else right now. Mm -hmm. That's a big one for me. I love um, that. I'm yeah. that when I go to sleep mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I am resilient. I am strong. I am wise because I think this whole process has caused me to doubt myself a lot. So those things have been really helpful to speak into. I didn't do affirmations or mantras very often before, um, but 
it's been super helpful for me lately. I love those. I think those are great. And what are what are some songs that help? Um, oh my gosh, I have some playlists from Lifetime from my Life Bar class that like I've been. We just watched the Britney documentary, and I've been like, <laughs> oh my gosh, giving a little Britney um, lately. But um, this song, I've been doing my. <laughs> It's Boom Boom by Brittany and Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> what? I've never heard of this song before. That's amazing. <laughs> In the vein of not taking yourself too seriously. <laughs> oh, yes, that's amazing. I'll uh-huh. Brittany and the Ying Yang twins? Yep. Crazy. <laughs> I got that boom boom. <laughs> Just a reminder. I got that boom boom. Just Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget it. Um, and then, uh, again, the unimaginable from, it's not, anybody who's seen Hamilton would know the song. It's when Hamilton's wife sings at the end of the show and she's lost her husband and her son. And she ends up like, makes me tear up just thinking of it. She, uh, she ends up taking over an orphanage in the city or, or like starting an orphanage. And that ends up being her, her, what she does with her life. And, um, yeah, it's just beautiful. So, and you know, the whole song is like the unimaginable of like her husband dying and her son dying and like, how could this, but then she goes on to do these beautiful things with her life and yeah. So anyway, so that song just keeps, I don't know if it's inspiring me or making me sad or both at the same time, um, but that's a big one for me. Um, it just, I almost like sing it in my head because I've seen the show multiple times. We've had some friends in it. So we've gone to see it um, on tour and then in New York and then we watched on Disney plus. So, and I would sometimes play the Hamilton soundtrack in my melt classes. Melt's not really meant to be done to music, but I would play it really quietly and people would be on the floor and like, you know, people fall asleep in melt class because it's so relaxing. And then they'd hear a little like Hamilton and they'd be like, Oh, and wake them up and they'd start like <laughs> engaging a little more. So and I mean, what a like, what an inspiring story! Like uh, to have that type of traumatic life event happen, and then just turn around and and like inspire and and just like nourish this whole other like like owning an orphanage, like just you know, I don't know, it's. I can't really put words to it because that it it is so inspiring and just like lovely how you can turn a really sad, terrible experience into one that uplifts others. Totally. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot through this time and, you know, a lot of people have been saying to me like the irony of like, you've taken care of thousands of children and babies through your nursing career and then to have this happen. And you know, I, we do want to have a family still, and I, I hope that will happen, but I do think I've done a couple of Operation Smile missions where we've gone, I've gone to, you know, third world countries and taking care of kids and babies, and um, my nursing supervisor asked me if I actually want to come back to work. She's like, I would understand if you don't, but we hope we hope you will, and I, I do think that's part of my, my mission in life is to, you know, I'd thought about letting go of nursing, and um, and just being in fitness and wellness, but I definitely think it's part of my calling still to, and this has made it more apparent to me that to really go out and take care of these children and these families and these babies and um, however that looks. Um, because, you know, some people are like cat people and dog people or whatever. I'm a baby person. Like, I'm not like, I like animals, but I've never had pets and like, but I am obsessed with babies and I think that you know, 
Shira is always with me and you know it's not meant for me to veer from that path of giving in that way just because this happened yeah wow well, I have one more song or not one more song <laughs> I have one more question okay. who is someone whose resilience has inspired you the therapist that I'm seeing right now um, she's gone through cancer twice and I think the thing that stands out to me about Sue is that she she makes time for so many other people and she's constantly working to build up her company. It's a completely privately owned company that she has built from the ground up for the last 20 years. And, but she always makes time for herself to, um, to, to make sure that she has the energy and that she has the fuel to keep going forward. And I think when you're in this giving industry, when you're in this service industry, especially in health and wellness, the tendency is to put yourself last. I mean, it's when I am at work with nurses, like people don't eat half the time. They run into the break room and parents brought in donuts or pastries and they'll grab something and they'll go back out and then they're depleted. And I know I went through that for years. And I think it's just showing, like having that balance, especially if I do want to go forward and be a parent. Um, being a little better work-life balance and i think that helps with that resilience and kathy my counselor and sue both i think exemplify that in the most beautiful way well thank you so much for your time um thank you so much for your inspiration and your wise words um i i know that they've kind of lit a fire in me in a sense i'm like now like I I feel the resilience inside of me because of you so yeah thank you thank you so much for that and oh so good seeing you even so good to see you too. <laughs> yeah so great to see you